trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Yes. What a week. What a week. Was it what a week? <laughs> it was It was a week, I think. That's all That's all I can now. say it's for it. telling time. and It was seven <laughs> days that have passed yeah. since we last recorded. Did I do yes. anything of note or worthwhile? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, yeah. Did you go and see Tenet again to prove your theories and and see if you really liked it or you know i did not i did not go see tenant again i had thought about maybe riding my bike on saturday to go see that um that like new rom-com movie the broken hearts or whatever it's called oh, i can't lily even reinhardt. remember chemical hearts no and not oh. the lily reinhardt one it's the one with geraldine viswanathan and uh the and the hot evil guy from um uh stranger things Oh, I'm Evil just lifeguard. totally out of it. I don't know what you're talking about. It's some rom-com. It came <laughs> out in theaters. No, like, no one is going to the movies. And I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I'll ride my bike and go see this in an empty theater because that would be something to break up the monotony <laughs> of the days. But then my bike, like, tire popped and I couldn't go because I had oh. to go get it fixed and blah, blah, blah. So God I didn't end up seeing anything. But ways. I know, keeping me from <laughs> Corona. But then, I mean, this is an interesting fact well maybe not i don't know we went to the bike shop and the because my tire popped and Mm -hmm. so my uncle who's like a real fix it kind of person was like well we just Mm -hmm. need to go and get the tire and the tube and then i'll fix it myself Mm -hmm. which i could never do but he he (laughs) was gonna help me so we went there and that was there was no bikes on sale like every bike had been sold and the place was just full of bikes that were there for repair and they said that there was like a several week wait on bike repairs because due to coronavirus like everybody is dragging their bike out of the shed it's like an old walmart bike from 14 years ago and then it's broken now because you haven't ridden in a decade so they were like yeah our business has never been better this is insane like it takes forever to get anything fixed just because there's so many bikes we have back orders for months on new bikes because they can't make them fast enough so bike industry booming apparently that's where you need to get into if you're looking for a job bike mechanic news story i know that's exciting to hear someone's thriving in these dark dark days so happy for the bike industry bikes puzzles you know there's amazon (laughs) there's like some some businesses that are doing really well and then everyone else is just sucking yeah i don't know i mean the puzzle industry i guess is sold out but they're really struggling to you know fill fill the void i mean i've had to settle for some very fugly puzzles the last few weeks like just some truly horrendous puzzles i wish i didn't have to do but we just keep buying puzzles because we, you know, are a bored married couple with nothing to do but puzzle to Broadway show tunes. So, so my uh, again, my aunt and uncle and cousins who are down here are my are big puzzle people. So they have all these puzzles, and mm-hmm. so they just like brought me over a stack. And I started doing this one, and then realized that the it was like a trick puzzle. So all of the there were no edges like all of the edges of the puzzle just looked like nor- like normal puzzle pieces and there was no picture on the box so you didn't know really what it was what? and then there was five extra puzzle pieces that didn't go anywhere in the puzzle. How how did you not realize it was a trick puzzle from the fact that there's no picture? 
Well, it was like there was sort of a picture, but I didn't realize like how tricky it was until until I started it. And it was a pain in the butt. Yeah. It was like all just golf clubs, like different colored <laughs> golf clubs. I don't know. It, I finished it, though, but it was wild. Well, should we start like a puzzle exchange and I'll mail you one and you mail me one? And Well, these are like my cousin's puzzles. Well, so I don't I mean, I'll have to ask them. them. You know? I don't they could also almost all of them have had missing pieces so that's another element as well (laughs) an interesting Uh, challenge yeah oh man what strange hobbies we've picked up in this year 2020 yeah truly and you know what hobby no one has picked up leaving reviews for our podcast (laughs) because we yet again have none how dare you so disappointing and and they they made fun of our merch line preview like i got so many dms that were like no thank you and i was like excuse you this is really (laughs) hard work you know i really put a lot of effort into photoshopping these low quality selfies onto the butt cheeks of some sweatpants and they didn't even care that is so how many do we how many orders do we need to like you know hit the (laughs) discount i didn't even look that up yet (laughs) this is a beta phase you know crowdsource get some feelers i think maybe instead of on the butt we need them on the chest of a sweatshirt you know like how the crop tops with like two like boob donuts only it's our faces that's a good idea we can try that for next week see if people respond better yeah that's a good plan um but i was excited to talk about this week's uh news because i get to update you on the bachelor nation and this is a juicy story okay to set it up to set it up so so the second to last bachelor colton underwood who you might know as the virgin or the guy who jumped fence jumper yes yeah, so he had his show like sort of <laughs> just crashed and burned and he ended up walking off with um I think she was technically a top 3. Yeah, cuz she'd made it to fantasy suites but was threatening to leave and then he dumped the other two girls and chose to leave with her, Cassie Randolph. And so they've been together for I guess almost a year or something but then in april they made the announcement that they were splitting up and it was amicable and they were good friends and like blah blah like everything but nothing but love except not romantic anymore and so it was like whatever you expect that you know bachelor couples don't Mm -hmm. last yes but then they got into a couple of online tiffs where cassie went on the bachelor like they've been doing rerun shows like where they do the greatest of all time moments and then they interview cast members and whatever so she went on there and colton got on instagram and was like how dare she go on there we chose to keep this private and then she was like on her instagram was like how dare you accuse me of this i didn't say anything about our relationship i was just talking about my life now and like don't ever threaten me again and he was like whoa i wasn't mad at you i was mad at production blah 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 read my book coming out soon (laughs) ah yes the old publicity boy (laughs) exactly but then what is the book title is it oh, something I have really no good? Idea. I don't know. Oh. He's so boring. I don't care at all. It's it, not like a virgin or you know <laughs> one fence at a time or something. something. Like, it's probably exactly is he still one a virgin? Those. Do we know? No, he's. I mean, no. I don't. I don't. I think his line was that it's now personal, so he's not going to talk about it. So his prerogative oh, okay. the implication is he's obviously not. Okay, but gotcha. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's like when the Jonas Brothers start, started losing their the purity rigs, and you're twist. like, mm, okay. <laughs> 
Okay, there's a plot twist. So okay, yes. Cassie Randolph just filed for a restraining order against <gasps> Colton, which is just unheard of wild and tmz somehow got the like you know request or whatever dirty oh thing of they course did. and it alleges that colton had like um put a tracker on her vehicle that he'd been <laughs> showing up to her house and her parents house like uninvited <sighs> that he'd been texting her nonstop, but also like using a fake number to like harass her via text about oh my God. who she's hanging out with if she's seeing her ex-boyfriend again and so all these wild accusations which i mean it's all he said she said i guess but you know colton is the guy who on national television would not let her break up with him and instead chased her down and and uh has always seemed a little bit more invested than she ever was but also, when you don't just file for a restraining oh, order for no reason, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that feels like it's a lot of work. You no, got to have something. Yeah, exactly. Going it's on. Like, no woman one would do that, I don't think. But also, I think you need to have some proof. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can just I don't think I can just go and file a restraining order against you. I mean, I, I'd probably have I'd probably have some material I could use to twist <laughs> like to show <laughs> You know, latex, they're like, what are we doing this week? But (laughs) should I go see this or not? Answer me. But anyways, so when Colton was, his team was asked if this was true, he was just like, what? I've been out of town for a month. And that was like all he said, which isn't really like a strong, you know, like, I deny this categorically. (laughs) I don't know, like visiting family in Colorado or something. He said, he's just like, this is. I haven't even been in LA. <laughs> so it's all like, obviously, I mean, it's sad that it's come to this and that she's felt the need to, you know, whatever he's done has made her feel this like unsafe that she would make such a public, you know, thing. Cause that's obviously, it's not going to be a quiet ordeal. It's that's dragging it out into the public eye. And now we're all thirsty for more <laughs> details, but it is just a wild, a wild bomb to go off in the bachelor nation. Another big reality TV show bomb dropped this week, which was that Keeping Up with the Kardashians is ending. No, After 20 seasons, after 13 years, the show is coming to an end, which I guess in some ways feels right because that show is not making them nearly as much money as all of their other endeavors are at this point. You know, they have these beauty lines and all kinds of stuff like they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need a reality show and i think that their numbers are down anyways but that is like the core center of their brand is this show Mm -hmm. and the exciting thing with the show is always that you hear about these stories that they're involved in in the news and then six months later you get to watch them unfold kind of behind (laughs) the scenes so now whatever kardashian drama is coming is not going to be contributing to this show so for me, it's like, is there going, like, are they going to stop doing as dramatic things? Like, if the stuff <laughs> that they've been doing for the past 15 years is for the show to try right. to get good ratings, like, are all of a sudden they going to become much be more boring people? Yeah. Or are they going to keep doing weird stuff and we're just not going to ever know behind the scenes about <laughs> it anymore? That's like, see, I had a sort of an opposite thought, I guess, which is sort of like the show has become so irrelevant because they share and overshare so much on all their other channels and venues and, and whatever else they're doing. Like, it's like we already know that like 
Tyga showed up to this party or that Chloe's getting back together with Tristan. So it's sort of like they're already so public on their socials that it seemed like the show is just an unnecessary addendum at this point. But did you ever watch the show? Oh, yes. I mean, not I would say not within the past like five years, but I did like religiously watch it for a stint in the middle there. Yeah, Those golden years were like the first 10, I guess, (laughs) the first eight seasons. And that's my other question. How does it work that there's so there's 20 seasons in 13 years? Does that include all the spinoffs and like? No, I think that. (laughs) With reality shows and yeah, with (laughs) it's like it's like if you ever look at the uh, you know, like the David Letterman show or whatever, it's like, oh, we've had 80 seasons. It's like, well, like, how do you determine when a season (laughs) starts or ends when the show just goes on forever? And I think it's the same thing with keeping up with the Kardashians, like, they're shooting incessantly, right? It's just they'll they'll take a break for a few months. And they won't air any episodes and then it'll come back and it'll be, you know, whatever. Yeah. So what's like the most iconic memory you'll treasure forever from keeping up with the Kardashians? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, uh, that's such a good question. Um, Do you have one like off the top of your head? I think my most revered moment and it's sort of what got Rob into rewatching them with me is when (laughs) Kim is getting her first Bentley, I think. And they have that epic fight with her and Chloe where she ends up walking in on them eating Chipotle and just slams her purse into Chloe's back. And (laughs) they just have this cat fight. And it's just like, it's so outrageous because they're fighting about this very expensive car, but they're also eating Chipotle. And Kim says the famous line, don't be effing rude. And I think that's just been a go-to for me forever. Okay. I think that my favorite moment is, and this really isn't, I don't even know if this is like a good reality TV show moment, but it's something that I think about all the time Mm -hmm. is that for Chris's, I think like 30th birthday, (laughs) she made herself a music video of like her singing. Like I think her (laughs) Robert Kardashian, like made herself this video that she is like singing this song (laughs) about herself and how all of her friends love her. And then for her 60th birthday, I think the, the girls like remade that video and the both versions of them are just so bad and awkward and weird and cringy and the song is really strange and it's like a mad libby thing where they just like throw in random brands and stuff that she likes but the original (laughs) song which is you know before she's famous she's talking about all of these things she likes and one of them is church on sundays (laughs) and one of them is cheesecake factory which i just love as like early chris jenner like oh wow these are the things that are great for me and then of course they change those lyrics but yeah yeah go watch those music videos they're spectacular (laughs) and i am secretly hoping that for my 30th birthday my friends (laughs) all somehow intuit that what i need is a version of this so we'll see if it happens Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Do you follow any of the Kardashians or do you think they'll just disappear from your radar without this show's headlines? I feel like I followed some of them on and off over the years, but then kind of get sick of them because they post so much that then I'll unfollow them, but then I'll follow them again. I've definitely followed Kim and Courtney and I think Kendall for a while before, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I follow any of them at the moment. 
Yeah, me neither. It's it's like it's too much. And Instagram's algorithm is this annoying thing where if you don't like something, it just keeps showing up in your feed. And I'm very irritated about it. So I can't imagine having like 80 Instagrams a day from each of them in their different outfits. And well, also Instagram does that annoying thing where if it's a collage, like if it's six pictures and you don't swipe (laughs) through the collage, then it will show up again, just like the second Uh, picture in the lineup. So you can end up getting some of these things like a dozen (laughs) times as it cycles through the photos. What a drag, honestly. But yeah, it's the end of an era, like RIP, keeping up with the Kardashians. I don't know what E! Network is going to do now. And like, reality television owes so much to them and it's it's really been an honor at least those first few years of of keeping up with them so we should just do a rewatch podcast where we scrap ps you're wrong and just every week rewatch <laughs> an old me. episode of keeping up with the kardashians <laughs> that would be such love, a joy honestly yes i love the old stuff like honestly everything before they move from their original house that's like when they're still like, I mean, relatable, like they were still mega rich and like worked in circles I never would, but they were still like sort of relatable and they were like cooking and, you know, eating Chipotle and it was like just, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful moment in time. Well, and even the stuff that is later, I think is still interesting because it's like five years old now. So you know how things yeah. panned out, you know, like <laughs> all of the... um like is Bruce Jenner having an affair thing yeah. would be an interesting plot line to rewatch. <laughs> There's this whole episode. I remember where uh, Kendall and Kylie Chris is like, you guys, you need to get a job. So they work for like 17 magazine and have to go around a mall, like asking people to model stuff for them. Like just wild things that would not happen anymore. Oh man. What a time. What a time. Um, but speaking of things changing uh, the Oscars, they ruffled a yes. few feathers when they announced a sort of diversity and inclusion initiative that's set to take place in 2024. And it's basically a new standard where any movie that wants to compete for best picture has to cover at least two of four new standards that are all about diversity on and behind the scenes. And so <laughs> when the news first broke, people lost their minds because one of the standards is like, about on-screen representation or themes and narratives. And it's like saying you have to have a certain amount of women or people of color or certain groups represented in the story on the screen as main characters. But then you look at like the other, the other standards and you realize it might not be as difficult to pass this new test as you might originally think, because the other standard is like the creative leadership. So all the studio heads and people working on the scene, the producers and all that, they have to have a certain uh, requirement for representation there. Or it's industry access and opportunities, meaning the people you hire to be on set represent a body of diversity and inclusion and so that could be as simple as you know the interns or the PAs um, fitting some sort of bill and then the other option is audience development which is all the marketing and publicity and um, distribution so again the people handling that have to you know reach some sort of quota as well so a lot of people did like the math and most movies that you don't think of as especially like 
inclusive, like say 1917, which is very white and, uh, and it's, there's not a single female in the cast. It's, it still would pass because you have these behind the scene things happening where it was produced by a woman or, or there was enough diversity on the set behind the scenes that it still works. So it seems like a lot of the, <laughs> the fear of it is kind of unwarranted, but also that sort of begs the question, well, is this doing anything? Well, yeah, I mean, the the thing that really, I think, makes it sort of useless in a lot of ways <laughs> is that the representation can be white women who are in most movies. So it's yeah. like, so if you if you look at the just the cast, a lot of films, even films that you wouldn't think qualify, actually qualify. And then behind the scenes things, they only need two department heads <laughs> to to count as diverse. Well, most of the like hair and makeup and costume uh, mm. department heads are women. Mm. So so a film could be could have really no diversity at all. And if they have a woman who's ahead of the makeup department, it's like, OK, well, there Done. you go. We've passed it. <laughs> so on one hand, it's. I think it's like, okay, well, is this too little too late? Because I've seen people say, well, the last movie that really won Best Picture that wouldn't qualify on these standards is Braveheart, which came out in (laughs) 1995. So basically everything qualifies for these standards anyways. But I do think that it's a good... It's it's at least a step like in a good direction to have this like on paper as okay even though everyone's already doing this like this is now a standard set <laughs> yeah. and so then in the future hopefully you could add on to that or or up the quantities of people who are involved but this is like a good like starting point because it really like I think it's ruffling some feathers but ultimately like this this isn't going to disqualify anything that's in the running and then maybe you could move forward with it i don't know if they're planning on upping it in the future so yeah yeah, i mean it it feels like a little like performative when you break it down but it is also you know at least drawing attention like asking people to think about it at least so i guess that is arguably a good step where maybe someone was thinking of you know hiring their good friend joe to do the camera work but then thinks well it'll be easier if we just slide a woman in here (laughs) and so they maybe try a little harder to fill the gaps with people they maybe wouldn't have thought of before um just to ensure that that slim chance of being a best picture nominee but yeah another thing that i saw that i do think is actually a good thing is that because of these standards now, all of the films will have to submit a report that has mm-hmm. all of this information on it. Right. So someone will actively have to look at their rosters and be like, wow, yeah. we like barely qualified for this or we didn't have very much diversity. <laughs> and instead of it sort of being like an out of sight, out of mind, like, oh, we just hired who we hired, whatever. Now, at least at some point in the process, someone has to take account of who is involved and what those people look like so at least there's a little bit more attention and thoughtfulness that like at some point you do have to actually come up with a list of like who (laughs) are the 
underrepresented groups who are working on this film. So, yeah. I mean, who who is doing that? Probably <laughs> some random intern, not the person in yeah. charge, but still. <laughs> and it's pretty it's pretty telling and kind of funny and sad to see who's most upset about this because it's not necessarily the Oscar contending group like i saw christy alley uh come out of oh yeah <laughs> retirement to decry the uh the creative uh limitations of such an action and and she just was saying like can you imagine telling picasso who had to be in his paintings and it's like well christy does this affect you <laughs> i don't know, you know well and the difference is but because uh, I saw, yeah, people being like, well, you can't qualify art. Like if it's right. art, it's art. It doesn't matter who yeah. makes it. And it's like, OK, in some ways, yes. If you're writing a book, if you're painting a painting like art is art, it sort of doesn't matter who it's coming from necessarily. But that's in it on a very individual level. Uh-huh. Movies are made by hundreds, if not thousands right. of people. So in that way, it's less of art and more of a business. And as a business, these are you know rubrics that you probably should have in place so i think if you look at it in that way it makes a lot more sense yeah exactly like i see most people you know unfortunately are not avoiding the first option and going for more of these behind the scenes easy to feel like i doubt someone sitting down to write their great script will think how will i squeeze in a woman of color here to ensure that my story passes section a of the best picture qualifying standards you know i don't think it's going to stop what movies are made or how who's writing what or any of the the story the big picture part but maybe it'll help the industry as a whole kind of recognize its employment record mm-hmm. yeah well i mean we'll see <laughs> Again, like with the Oscars so white thing, I think that just the fact that people now have to think about this or that it's in people's mind when they're voting, when they're deciding things is a step in the right direction. Is it a huge step? I don't know. I guess we'll see in the upcoming (laughs) years. But it does... It does. At least people are thinking about it. Where before, I think no one was thinking about it until the nominees came out and then everyone was like wait all of these people are white and it's like oh yeah that's been happening for a while glad you're finally catching on so Uh, well we get to watch in march and uh, see how these i think april oh yeah (laughs) the oscars are forever this year (sighs) um okay well do you want to talk about um chris evans dick pic or should we just move straight into love did you see it i missed it I investigated for the podcast. (laughs) Good for you. And I guess what happened was that he was on a, some kind of like Instagram live or he was posting things on Instagram about a game of heads up, you know, like that. Oh yeah. Where you put the phone on your head. I don't know. I didn't really watch this. And somehow or another, he was trying to do like a a screen share or like took a picture of his camera roll and posted it (laughs) like meaning to post something else. But instead we got the grid of pictures and one of them was a photo of a penis, which we don't (laughs) know if it was his, but like who else would you have on your phone? You know, and And then there was also a meme of his face with and, you know, uh, for our 
non-child friendly audience or whatever you might want to fast forward but it was a meme of his face with the words guard that pussy on it so (laughs) and these are both in his camera roll so i don't know what's happening but clearly he's been sending things to someone (laughs) you know it's uh it's uh quarantine and everyone's been you know finding news since avenues for humor and outlets and uh you know who are we to judge so <laughs> yes so so anyways moving on to Watchmen and yeah. to love it or hate it i'm gonna talk about Watchmen. oh okay. uh i jumped the gun because i was yeah. so excited Spoiler about alert. It. yeah Spoiler. Wait, what are you loving or hating this week matt Watchmen. yeah <laughs> you've watched this yes you've watched Watchmen. i actually have not i'm sorry you haven't I know. oh my I gosh know. shelby you would love it, I think. You would love it. Do you think so, though? I, I mean, I think so. Okay. I, it's, okay. I'll say this. I think it's one of the best things that I have watched on television in quite some time. I mean, I know it's, like, well done, but, like, it's, like, a comic. Yeah, okay, go on. Tell us about okay. it, please. So, yes, it's a comic book adaptation where it's this comic book that was then made into a movie. I yeah. can't remember, like 2009 or something. A movie I did not see. And then they adapted it again for this show that's actually sort of like a sequel. Some of the characters from the movie, I guess, are loosely tied in. But you don't necessarily need to have watched the movie to enjoy the show. I have not seen the movie. I think if I was doing it again, maybe I'd watch the movie first just so I have like a little bit more of a baseline on the like world that it's set in. But that's ultimately not that necessary. And Regina King plays the main character and it's set in this like alternate reality where there's like some superheroes but not necessarily like a ton of superheroes it's like close enough to our normal life but there's some differences and regina king is a police officer and it's it's really dealing with race in a big way it opens up with uh with the setting of the tulsa massacre which was an event that i did not know about uh that Mm took place uh, in like the 20s or 30s, I think, Mm. where this wealthy sort of black community in Oklahoma was destroyed by the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacists. And the whole area was just like burned down. Hundreds of people died. So it starts with that. And because there's sort of like a little bit of a time travel-y element of the show, like that comes into play in modern day and it's a really fascinating look at at like race and police brutality and um and and those like very current topics even though that's set in this like fantastical superhero world Mm -hmm. but the most interesting thing i think is just like how the show is constructed it's one of those narratives where it sort of like starts as one thing and then like it slowly peels back the layers of it and it becomes like more rich and more interesting and a lot of the show a lot of the episodes are devoted to a specific character so you get to sort of like see what's happening from their perspective and then that adds new things to the episodes that have already seen but also like brings out new elements of the plot just the way it was constructed was so masterful that it was like mesmerizing to watch i think i watched the whole thing in like three days it was very gripping and moving and yeah it was i mean regina king is in it she's amazing 
could you ask for a better actress? And yeah, yeah I don't know. It was just, it was such a good drama. I watched it because it's nominated for a crap ton of Emmys and the Emmys are this upcoming weekend. So that's why I wanted to watch it before they, oh before gosh, that happened. But right. I'm sorry. That's just so crazy. Time. I flies. know, oh. but yeah, I just, I loved this so much and think that it's really timely and really mm-hmm. well done and but also new and interesting and sort of dealing with all of these issues in a way that is different than you know just like a straightforward uh kind of like cop right. killer sort of show yeah. um so yeah i would okay, highly recommend okay it. i'll watch it i will i'll get around to it it's been on the list. I, it's just... And you know that I'm not a superhero person. Know, like if this was like, I'm so... not coming to this show being like, Ooh, yes. Love Watchmen. Me yeah. superhero buff. Like <laughs> I, I, I probably would not have watched it at all if it hadn't have been, if there hadn't been right. so much praise for it, but I think you would really like it. Okay. High praise from Matt. I also have been binging an HBO show. Um, The Vow, which is the Nixium docuseries. Um, Mm. (laughs) Nixium is famous for uh, a portion of it, like a subgroup within it, which was the sex cult that was led by Allie, whatever her name is, from Super... Oh, no. What's the Superman show? Smallville. And so that was in the news a few years ago. And that's been the big like takeaway is just this idea of a sex cult where women were branding themselves. And it was a huge, huge, huge story. And it's I think it's currently in the uh, justice system to be, you know, these guys are being tried and it's all drama, drama. But the series has been so interesting because it's way more than that. And um, I don't know if you watched it. I don't know how you feel about cult stories, but it has been so interesting and it's a nine episode series which at first it was like this is insanely long for a documentary like there can't be that much information but the way they do it is so interesting where they kind of like peel back the layers one at a time so you're never really sure what's happening next and it's just like every episode ends with this like wait what and then you go deeper and deeper and so right now there's five episodes out I think and um and it has just been mesmerizing and disturbing and interesting and kind of I like how thorough it is because it, with a lot of cults, you're just kind of like, how did this happen? How did people believe this? Like, how did people get into this? How did it get so far? And I feel like this does a really good job of kind of showing you, especially in the first episode, you're like, I mean, this doesn't sound that shady. Like, it sounds kind of interesting, like some of the thoughts that they they were pushing were kind of, you know, it's it's all sort of metaphysical, but he sort of tries to base it in the pseudoscience and it all kind of feels like, well, it's doing good. So maybe there was just one bad apple in the bunch. And then they're like, just kidding. And every episode is just the dark underbelly of this of this really elaborate um, sort of cult like community and it was never like a religion it was sort of a self-help I don't know social circle it was it's just so interesting and I've made like everyone watch it 
It sounds like season three of Riverdale, <laughs> where we're dealing with the farm. The yeah, so that's... you'll love it. I know. No, I've heard a lot of good things. It's on my list. I'm yeah. I'm right now, you know, trying to get through all of these Emmy shows or try to, you know, that I, like catch up on things that I yeah. know are good, but I haven't watched. But now I have an excuse right. to. But that is on my list of like post Emmys mm-hmm. watching because love a true crime cult show i mean honestly and it's great because i mean yes you have like two great documentarians at the helm of it but they also have so much footage from the last decade because one of the cult members who ended up sort of uh i don't know what the word is escaping or disavowing it um he was also a documentarian and so he had been filming like every conversation every interaction with the leader And so there's just so much footage. So instead of a lot of interviews or a lot of like, you know, past tense talking about it reflection, it's a lot of content from like the heart of the the belly of the beast. And it it makes it very love that (laughs) interesting. And 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 you're right there in it with them all. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Well, I can't wait to to watch. Sounds fantastic. And, you know, if. If it happens to tie into Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and, uh, you know, Is secret underground yeah. like sugar crystal drug rings oh, and this, uh, is jughead alive or dead maybe he was killed maybe cheryl blossom has the corpse of a brother in a wheelchair oh, and wow. is hanging around the house you know so many yeah, so many things I mean, that i'm sure will tie like in four more episodes to go so maybe there will be some hollywood riverdale tie-ins that i i don't know about yet so fingers crossed product placement (laughs) uh well this has been it for this episode uh we'll be back on thursday to talk about mulan disney's 30 dollar mulan that was supposed to come out in theaters and now is on disney plus and did people watch it we did (laughs) and we have thoughts and we'll tell you whether or not it is worth 30 dollars So come back on Thursday and listen to that. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We're at PS You're Wrong. And of course, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Bye. Bye.